Good morning. If, if we hope to have a better understanding of this section of Luke's Gospel, often called the Sermon on the Plain, we probably need to begin by realizing that, that Jesus' words are not intended to be sound bites on TV or on uh, social media. He didn't throw out quotable nuggets in the hope that we might read them while flipping through the channels or checking emails. Like so much of his teaching, Jesus intended for his followers to hear the words and then ponder them, chew on them, and in the words of a, an ancient prayer, to inwardly digest them. These blessings and woes that you just heard read were a way for Jesus to make a point. It would be not a literal point that you would quote over and over again, but a spiritual point to teach his disciples and, and yes, to teach us lessons about life. So, for instance, Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor. But there's nothing particularly blessed or happy about being poor, is there? There's nothing uplifting about having your heat or your electricity cut off, or your credit card denied, or wondering how are you gonna pay the next mortgage payment as thousands of federal workers experience in recent weeks. Poverty by itself is certainly not going to bring us closer to God. But we listen to these words. He says, blessed are you who weep. But surely not all tears are blessed by God. Consider the Nazi commander who spent his days herding prisoners into the death camps. And then at night, this mass murderer would go home, put on a recording of a Wagner opera, and weep at the sheer beauty of the music. Was that weeping blessed? Or consider the woes. Woe to you who are full. Does Jesus mean that anyone who has more than enough to eat, like most of us, that we are somehow at odds with the kingdom of God? Woe to you when all speak well of you. President Trump and most politicians do not have that problem. But Mother Teresa probably did. I trust, I hope you see my point. I think Jesus intended more than a simple, literal understanding of these words, but they're no less challenging. In fact, 
if we can listen to these words today without squirming in the pew or in the pulpit, then we've probably missed the point of Jesus' message. These blessings, these woes, are a call for us to examine and then perhaps to change our values and lifestyles. But how? What should we do? Give away everything we have and become poor? And start begging on the street corner? Would that in any way alleviate poverty in our country or the world or bring some kind of blessing to us? I think we need to read and to hear Jesus' words in the light of a principle laid down by uh, St. Paul, who said, let each of you remain in the condition in which you were called. It's 1 Corinthians 7. And so, for instance, if you are doing well in life, if you are successful, reasonably prosperous, if you're thriving in life, then don't give up, Paul would say. Just change the way you think about your life and your successes so that you can use your life in service to God and to your neighbor. By all means, use whatever gifts and talents you have, but always humbly remember that they all come from God. So what Christ calls for is a change, a change in attitude, a change in attitude toward people and toward the world around us. And that might be the hardest change of all. And we probably should realize that that the world around us, the world in, around our life, will change when, catch this, when the world within us changes. Because that will have the influence on the rest of the world. And that's why this Sermon on the Plain, as well as the uh, better-known Sermon on the Mount, is so unsettling. Because Jesus turns upside down so many things that we just assume as reality. But in fact, these blessings and these woes are just the tip of the iceberg a prologue to the radical teachings of Jesus. And in our verses that follow this text, Jesus flies in the face of worldly ways, and maybe even in the face of common sense. For instance, consider the advice that Jesus gave to his fellow brothers, Jewish brothers and sisters, 
who were chafing under the yoke of Roman oppression. He said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who persecute you. Those were tough demands then, and they're not any easier when we hear them today. So now in our divisive political climate, almost everyone seems to have uh, a possible, a, a different prescription for what to do with economy, for instance. Well, our Lord has something to say, but what he says will not get him elected. Uh, he'll never win popularity contests. He says, give to those who beg from you and lend expecting nothing in return. So he says in this lesson on life, instead of always trying to hold out, hold on to things Turn them loose for service to others. In short, our Lord lays down some principles about how life ought to be lived by people of faith. So giving is better than grasping. Loving is better than hating. Sharing is better than hoarding. Serving God and the neighbor is better than serving oneself. It's the kind of life Jesus demonstrated in his own life on earth. Giving himself to others, always for others. Even going to the cross for us all. And that's the example, that's the model we have for our lives. And woe to us if we do not believe these things, Jesus says. Or worse yet, if we believe them but then make no effort to live and practice them. Woe to us, for no matter how rich we are by the world's standards, we will end up poor. No matter how full we are now, we will end up empty. No matter how hard we try to force a smile, we will end up crying. A visitor to the Philippines told of staying with a woman in her tiny hut made of bamboo thatched with palm leaves and this woman shared everything of the very little she had with her visitors. She saw they seemed to be very uncomfortable with her poverty. And at one point she took the hand of one of the visitors and said, you have never seen anyone as poor as me before, have you? And the visitor thought for a moment and then responded, well, yes, yes, I have. And they live on my street, own a big house, have two or three cars, 
but yet are so poor. Blessed are you. Blessed are we if we understand and take seriously our Lord's message and seek to follow his example. Blessed are we if we believe and live his lifestyle of love, acceptance, ministry, service. And he promises, he promised that we will find joy beyond all poverty, beyond all tears, beyond all hunger, beyond, beyond all counting. At least that's what Jesus said. And he ought to know, don't you think? May God's peace and power bring you his blessings in your life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.